Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around your period? Are you wondering if it's possible to be feminist and anti-birth control? We're going to explore these questions and so much more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast, because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in this journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, feminism, and fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on today. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to, do, to be with you today. So before we jump in, I'm going to do some introductions here. Sarah Rooney is a wife, mother, and entrepreneur with a passion for helping women and families. With all of her own infertility and cycle issues and her heart for authentic women's health, she has been helping hundreds of women and couples as a fertility care practitioner and women's health educator for over 10 years. Seeing how much our mindset and self-image are key to our health and wholeness, Sarah has been also guiding women as a woman's school strategist in their transformation to becoming who they are called to be with the tools to live the best versions of themselves. Sarah, I am so excited for today's conversation, and I just want us to jump in a little bit more and tell us about who you are and how you became passionate about women's health, because your background is incredible in hearing this intro, and I just want to know more. Yes, thank you. So I have had messed up cycles most of my life, and I now can see how all the stuff I've gone through, and I don't want to call it junk because it's not, it's experiences, and it's learning, and it's all the different things is to, so that I could become a better servant in a good way, right, to women, because I've, I've been through a lot of it. <laughs> so um from experiencing PMS and being in college in engineering class and having this conversation in my head thinking, okay, I don't want to pass out from the amount of horrid cramps I have, but I have to tell my guy friends, if I do, I'm not contagious. I just need to get home. <laughs> but help me. <laughs> like what, like, have, like, why did I think that was an okay conversation to have in my head? <laughs> But that was not somehow abnormal. <laughs> but having like just so many kind of massive cycle issues, um, not really having any answers. I knew I didn't want anything artificial or any kind of pill. I already kind of knew that wasn't going to help me at all. Um, to, you know, fast forward through um, kind of figuring some things out. Also my health issues lots of chronic health issues, getting help with those that then helped some of my cycle issues, working on my hormonal balance um, to getting engaged, realizing, you know, I really want some form of natural way to plan our family and ended up um, taking an introductory session with Creighton Model and realized at the age of 28, why didn't I know this like 10 plus years ago? This would have been super helpful <laughs> in understanding why I had messed up cycles, what was going on. So all that kind of combined um, to start bringing in, you know, the calling that I had, because I always was playing teacher when I was a kid, right? That was my role. I was in charge. I was the teacher, but, but I never taught about mucus. <laughs> that was never like part of my <laughs> classroom experience as a child. Um, but really stepping into women need to know this, like that, that was the calling ahead is women need to know this, whatever they do with it, that's their choice, but women need to know this. So taking that kind of starting that journey and then experiencing, you know, after marriage, um, infertility, that cyclical trauma of infertility of, and my self-esteem and self-worth just taking a massive dive because, how much as women, um, and this is what we'll get into more, but you know, as we talk, but how much as women, we connect to what we do and how we perform and um, just, you know, instead of innately our own God-given dignity as our worth, how much we connect to everything else. So all that I journey with primary and then, and secondary infertility and postpartum um, anxiety, massive anxiety, all of that, just the amount of kind of lows and challenges I had with my mindset through all of that. Um, 
really led me to not only be teaching fertility care, right? Not only teaching this and helping women understand there is hope and there, there are answers. And there is so much that we can share just in terms of, yeah, you can figure out what's wrong. We don't have to live with that. You don't have to live like that. That's not normal. <laughs> There's a way to help. That's a sign. And that's, um, that's the biggest thing is all of these things, all these issues we have, they're all signs that our body needs help. It does not mean we're broken. It is a sign that something's out of balance. And so that's kind of really what I, I want to share is that our fertility is a gift. And what percentage of women do, do you think actually think that? <laughs> On both sides, right? When it doesn't work, that's, it's, 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 doesn't, it's so frustrating. When it overworks, right? When you're super fertile, it's super frustrating. When things are going wrong with your cycles, it just, you, you know, periods are kind of a curse to some women, right? And they just think, oh, great, here we go again. Um, and sometimes they're just flat out debilitating. So all that has just been coming together and God's leading me closer and closer to the, this, this passion to just share with women. It doesn't have to be like this. You can have an amazing, peaceful period. You can have balanced hormones. You can have a cycle, no matter what it looks like, whether it needs help or not, that you understand. And you can think awesomely of your fertility. Our fertility is a superpower. It really is. Like we got extra powers. <laughs> I love it. And we need to use them. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So with, this is amazing. And with all of your story and just like uncovering and learning about your body, I heard you mention a couple of things with, you know, really taking those introductory classes and getting into it at the age of 28. And also that you um, have a background in engineering. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did, did your work in engineer, okay, this is like a two-part question. So here we mm -hmm. go. <laughs> did your work <laughs> in engineering set you up to really embrace uh, natural family planning, fertility awareness, because you saw how the science and the data worked. And then, you know, were, were you already aware and using fertility awareness in this journey of, of discovery and uncovering your body and how it works? Or was it really trial and error and not realizing, oh my gosh, there's, they're actually like methods and doctors behind all of this? So, yeah, I didn't really ex understand any kind of natural family planning, really. I knew like a concept of it. I knew it existed, but I didn't, I wasn't tracking anything in college or no. So my engineering, yeah, great question. My engineering background um, really set the stage for, oh, wow, there's this whole, once I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a whole tracking and statistical method where you can understand what's happening, you can observe, right? It was total science. You can observe, you can track, you can, you can see markers of how things change. And the whole idea is the, tr the charting that we do with Creighton and I know with other great modern methods as well, is such a reflection of what is going on underneath inside. It is, is literally a window to our fertility. So just charting and tracking can open up so much understanding of course, using an instructor is supremely helpful because they understand what's going, they can see the patterns, right? And as you learn and grow. But yeah, that whole idea of just the way my brain works is very much analytical and, and, and understanding that there was a reason behind all the craziness. And we just had to uncover it. It was just like an experiment. You had, we had to figure out what was wrong. And, but until I started charting, we, we didn't have that gateway. There, was, there wasn't really a way to understand it to then get the help I needed. Yeah, that's amazing. And I partly asked because my husband being an engineer and a convert, he was really fascinated by the data yeah. because he had grown up thinking, you know, like, oh my gosh, like the rhythm method and this crazy thing <laughs> that Catholics do and, and didn't realize that it wasn't something that was specific to Catholics that, you know, this went beyond the Catholic church and that the, the research and the data there was for truly any woman. Yes. And so when he started to look at that, he was like, this is unreal. Like this mm -hmm. actually works. And, and, you know, just seeing people's <laughs> stories and things like that, he was like, what, you know, mm -hmm. so because his brain worked in that same analytical way and, yeah. and obviously still does. <laughs> um, so that's just, um, just neat to see how yeah. even just your, your background and understanding really helped you to mm -hmm. get into the data and the specifics of charting and seeing like, okay, 
this is yeah. insane how this works so beautifully. So yeah. can you tell us before we get into our, our topic of the day, can you tell us a bit more about family wellness inspired and the coaching you do too? Yes. So, um, I do one-on-one coaching with fertility awareness. So with the Creighton method. Um, and then I also lead, um, groups and private coaching for the women's school. So, and, and I'll get more into that and how that comes together. Um, but I love working, especially with couples, but with women, because that I have a heart for women and I've, I just have a heart for heart for women. But at the same time, I am lit up in the best way in hearing women's dreams and seeing their transformation. I I can be exhausted and just, I mean, the, I love seeing women really grasp into their dreams and kind of on letting go of all the extras and, and really becoming the best versions of themselves. It's all about becoming you know, our journey Mm. ends later, (laughs) but it's the whole time here. We are always becoming learning. It's not about, this was a failure. This is a learning. And so being able to transform myself and be able to actually say that (laughs) where, where I wasn't there, you know, some time ago, but, and then to be able to pass that on and guide and journey with women. That's really what I do. I just journey with, you know, I'm, I'm helping women gain confidence, learning the truth of their own fertility um, and realizing what a superpower that is and how much seeing everything, seeing your, seeing our womanhood through the lens of positive, you know, view of fertility, mm-hmm. effect, like just opens up and that's girl power right there. <laughs> like anything that's modern feminist stuff, it's a lot of destruction and, and, and not healthy stuff. The understanding our fertility and the gift that it is and that, and then how we can use it for good. That doesn't mean have 20 babies. That means we can understand where we are. We can understand our cycles and how the patterns of energy happen, right? Or just flat out, like I'm tired before my period starts and Hey, I feel a ton better around ovulation. Did we even know that existed? Right. And Hey, I can actually exercise differently. I can give myself a little more time to rest when it starts my period. And I don't feel bad about that. I mean, that unleashes such an amazing gift to ourselves and then we can show up better for the world. That's so great. Okay. So this is all tying in and I'm really excited to talk about period positivity because Mm -hmm. there's so much negativity around our periods and menstruation, like what you were saying, um, Mm -hmm. just in how, how we view our bodies and we don't have that knowledge and that understanding, it can be really hard to see the goodness in our bodies. And I mean, this like negativity really seems to lead into how we think about our reproductive health, motherhood, our bodies. Um, and I think, you know, I see a lot of artwork around periods and, and wanting to move in the direction of period positivity, but it almost seems like it's, it's missing the mark. You know, it's the same with like the vagina monologues and, mm-hmm. and looking and seeing how, you know, in these expressions of art, while intended to explore and be a space for goodness, it can almost seem um, like it's, it's not reverencing the body and seeing right. the goodness of it. So let's talk about this more. Like, first of all, what, it, what is period positivity or what is this idea behind it? Yeah, no, you, you summarize it so well. I think even the artwork around it, it, it's kind of like when the people are trying to express themselves, but they end up shocking people instead of inspiring awe, Mm -hmm. right? That's what we, it truly is. We are awesome creations, truly each and every one of us. So when we have this whole kind of system, right? We have the reproductive, male and female both have reproductive systems but when we have our system and that we look at it as a pain in the in the bum right like <laughs> oh geez or oh even like the start of a period right like, I remember I remember I got my period and I happened to be sick or something at home from school and I got my period and I was just I was crying I was like oh no what is this and I mean I had some vague idea what's going on my mom's like, oh, you're a woman now. And I was like, I don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> this stinks. What is this? <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I don't, I don't like this because, you know, I don't, I don't know that 
she shared all the details or maybe I just didn't care at the time or something, but how we set up me, I'm telling my girls about, and they're, they're little about my red flow and my white flow and they kind of half get it and walk away and whatever, but, but it's all just, this is, this is normal. This is, well, well, you know, and I keep it very much, obviously I teach it. So I keep it very age appropriate, <laughs> but they're curious. Why not? They're girls. They're going to be women. They're going to be experiencing this. Why should I hide that? Why should that be something, you know, I shouldn't be ashamed of it. I don't have to flaunt it or like make it, you know, shocking for some reason. But so that whole idea, it starts, you know, early, but that's from our moms. But then what kind of experience did they have? Nobody probably talked to them about it either. <laughs> right. Um, and so this idea that we can, we can view our periods in a good way. It is a natural part of our bodies and our systems. Now the, the, hard part is culturally it's viewed very negatively like like look at all the commercials praising the you know praising this like depo which only makes you have a period maybe four times a year mm -hmm. ah that is not natural <laughs> that is messed up like but yet somehow we're trying to escape this thing it's become this thing that is bad well why like it's a superpower that makes human life like, that's awesome. So how is it that we've culturally accepted, but it, a lot of it is kind of the birth control culture. And well, you don't have to have it. You can have this, but it's counterfeit, right? That's, mm -hmm. it's become counterfeit. It's not a real cycle, not a real period. Your body gets tricked into thinking it's in menopause. I mean, why do you, like, why would you want that when you're in like a teenager? <laughs> it's, that's not a happy place to be. So all of these pieces factor in. And then now legitimately, then there's, then there's really tough issues like endometriosis or massive period cramps, extreme heavy periods, um, very irregular periods. You've got all these issues where girls, women don't know what to do. They need a solution. They go to the doctor and what does the basically mainstream doctor have? Only one solution, the pill. And then there's sometimes such debilitating cycles and periods they, they need some answer to survive. They can't be throwing up or in a bed five days out of every month. That just isn't logistically feasible, right? They have to be able to function. So then they're only giving this option. Well, then maybe they have bad side effects from it. And this, it all becomes very negative because we've got cycles that need help. And then, so then you're viewed, you're viewing it negatively then because, you know, because it is a big problem when you're, debilitated by your period right right but at the same time you've got most mainstream doctors telling you well this is your only answer or well you'll just or if you don't want that well good luck well yeah I then mean, what do you do yeah <laughs> as you're saying all this I'm thinking like was there because it makes sense, like, you know, with someone who is experiencing debilitating periods to really, you know, it's hard not to think negatively because it's yeah. just so hard every month if you're, mm -hmm. like you said, debilitated and, you know, laying on the couch like five days out of every month and trying to take medication and just in pain. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, for women, you know, who maybe experience, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it's not so debilitating. Yeah. Was there ever a time where we weren't negative towards periods? Or are there certain cultures that celebrate or respect periods? I, I think I've heard stories around that, but to be honest, I don't really know. And I, my thought is, you know, just as you're saying, like, you know, if our moms weren't talked positively about their periods, mm -hmm. you know, was okay. Well, we're our grandmas and, you know, and it's just with the, <laughs> the elements of privacy and just how we look at the woman's body just historically, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Did we yeah. ever see periods as a positive thing or was it just a really embarrassing thing that you weren't supposed to talk about? Mm -hmm. So good. Awesome question. So I will at, give you the details on this, but this um, book called seeing red by Kirsten Karchmer. Um, she does the brazen formulas for it's really more herbal and um, Eastern Western medicine kind of con connected awesome woman. She has this book and it has this, the history of the period. And I, I was reading this. I was astounded. I mean, we've had centuries, centuries, right. Of negative conditioning, <laughs> even in the Bible, you like had to go somewhere else because it was unclean. Right. Like, so 
whether maybe that's what they entirely meant or not, right? We, you know, we have to watch how we interpret things, of course, but um, there's so much, sadly, negativity around and in the history of women. Now, there's, you know, the whole red tent idea, but why did they need to be separated? Why couldn't, right? Like there's, um, I love, I'll share a couple things about uh, from the history. So I loved her, a um, little bit of a quote from her book. So despite the fact that women have been menstruating since the beginning of human evolution, there's very little documentation about women's periods in ancient times, right? So um, she couldn't find any reference in Chinese medicine texts, you know, I mean, and you'd think they would have way more, they were way more understanding of all things um, before anything else. Um, even early civilizations, right? Nothing much, nothing much. <laughs> and then, so why not? Why wasn't anything? I mean, this is half the per se population of humanity, right? Um, and then we just, it goes on like, through the Bible, even the saints, again, not all of them, of course, but there was a lot. Aristotle, right? Um, says the female is deficient. They are inferior because they menstruate. What? <laughs> 1878 right um like this isn't that long ago this is uh, i was reading this book just dying laughing and flabbergasted like letters to the british medical journal claim that menstruating women would cause bacon to putrefy oh my god get <laughs> out mean, of here what? all of these i'm like don't don't mm -hmm, don't don't yell but i'm like wow that one's got me <laughs> that's ridiculous i know it's insane like it's crazy but like it's crazy to us now but we don't even understand i mean mainstream <laughs> i'd say doctors would say well it's possible <laughs> i don't think they know a whole lot more yeah, um right the funny thing is even like you know managing periods like so I guess uh, Egyptians came up with the first kind of like tampon right so they made out of papyrus right <laughs> that can't have been very uncomfortable <laughs> but Victorian England okay not again not that long ago they just decided well that's ridiculous we have a lot of skirts who cares right so <laughs> just and finally in World War One literally in the last century right and the French nurses um, got the great idea of making pads out of wood pulp bandages. Okay, she's like, I, I love this, um, her humor in this book. At last, I'm not sure why it took so long for the whole world to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so finally, like really, it hasn't even been a hundred years of like, they just, women figured it out. <laughs> like they just dealt with it, obviously. Um, but it's centuries of conditioning, right? Why? why why don't we talk about why have we you know she did um, studies and 80 percent of women in, in the world have some sort of menstrual or cycle issues 80 percent that's a, uh, an epidemic right there but are we even talking about it no we're telling them oh good luck that's how you that's just how it is oh brown bleeding's normal i'm sorry no it's not <laughs> where did you get your medical degree because it's not <laughs> But again, that cultural, and then we've got the whole piece of birth control is just, you know, it doesn't solve anything. It's just a, you know, I'm sure you've talked, I know you've talked about it in your podcast before, but it doesn't solve anything. It just covers up stuff. It shuts down the system. That's not an answer. And so yeah. how do we move forward positively when such a historical conditioning says, oh my, this is, you must suffer in silence. This is awkward don't talk about it. Like, I'm sorry, we're half the population. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, it's time we, we, we need we to figure this to be, out. Yeah. We don't have to be shocking. We'd be rude or disrespectful, but right. Hello, this is women's health. This is women's health. Well, and your point to say, you know, if, if we've been hush hush for centuries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and just thinking, you know, or having doctors think like, you know, we're, lesser than because we have periods mm -hmm. and I mean you see that too just like in historical films you're like oh that's not real I hope that's not real but it <laughs> is unfortunately you know so it's just yeah. you know the fact that we are you know we're wondering oh how do women not know this it's like well well obviously because we've we've for years for centuries like we haven't mm -hmm. cared 
it hasn't right. been something to talk about. So this is new. This is a brand right. new in, in some respects, you know, because we're actually acknowledging, oh, women bleed every month. Oh, brown bleeding. Let's talk about that. Oh, hormones. Let's talk yeah. about it. Oh, cervical mucus. And I think, you know, just in just hearing what you're saying, it's like, okay, this makes a little more sense why we have somewhat mm-hmm. of a shock value when we hear these things like, why are we talking about this? And it yeah. doesn't matter. It's like, it's not like this is coming up. You, I mean, I don't know if in our house it does over the dinner table, you know, this is even <laughs> the friend at coffee and it's like this uncomfort, you know, this discomfort and the, the uncomfortable moment. It's like, okay, but we're women and we should be able to talk about yes. this with each other. Right. You know, in my company, I, I understand like that can be an even larger <laughs> discomfort to navigate, but really, mm-hmm. especially for women not to feel comfortable to yeah. talk to each other about that. And that's something right. that I've experienced where it's just like, can I say that? Is that okay right. to talk about? Because it totally depends yeah. on, you know, at a more micro level, like how you're raised in your community. Right. What was that like? Did your mom talk about it or not? Did your sisters talk right. about it? Was it that hush hush topic or was it, maybe it was more neutral. Um, and I mm-hmm. just, it just blows my mind because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, no wonder we are struggling. And so many women, yeah. when they learn about fertility awareness, they're thinking, how did I not know this sooner? And that frustration, right. because I find it's often met with either that frustration or sadness, but more often it seems to be frustration, maybe mingled with some sadness too. Like this would have helped me so much, but it's just like, how was this information withheld from me? Right. This, this should be health costs in high school and it's definitely not. Oh my gosh. Definitely not. (laughs) I ended up doing my uh, health class online because I was just like, mom, like we're, we're, there's, I don't, this is not going to help me. (laughs) I'm not learning anything new. I wasn't, it wasn't like I was learning something that I I hadn't already been told about and taught. I mean, thank goodness, you know, that my parents were willing to have these conversations, but um, it was really my mom who taught me that my period was okay and really trying to have yeah. conversations, even just with cervical mucus, she would say like, you know, with like the rains and how it helps the ground be fertile yeah. to grow. That's like your cervical mucus. And I remember just being at first being like, that's huh? awesome. okay, that's weird. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm like, that's so awesome. Because yeah. as, as she kept saying it, it was just like osmosis. Right. It was like, oh, Oh, that's why that's why I've got wetness in my underwear oh yeah. so it just had those right. moments to click but it was like well mm-hmm. I wasn't getting it in school right and if my mom wasn't talking about it I have no idea where I've learned it because it wasn't like I had friends who knew you know maybe maybe you know you they didn't talk about friends. it <laughs> yeah who had like a mom talking about it too but you still didn't talk about it. I mean I didn't talk about it in high school unless it was hush hush yeah. and then in college when femtech came around it was like oh this is so cool. I'm going to see if a couple of girlfriends want to do this. And that's what allowed us to have more honest conversations and ask each other questions, but it yeah. still brought like a blush to the cheeks. Yeah. And it was like, um, is this, is this normal? And yet, you know, you mm-hmm. can watch a movie with raunchy sex jokes in it and right. it's like, ha ha ha. And you can make the jokes, right. but at the end of the day, you can't have an honest conversation about your body mm-hmm. and, and how right. it works and how your fertility and your reproductive health and your period impact sex. It's yes. just such a disconnect. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's so why, um, like everything collided for me after starting to take the woman's school course and just understanding self-worth so much deeply, so much more deeply. And I was going to give a talk at, um, my daughter's school to the junior high about, well, you know, just how our bodies work and because who knows these things, right? No one's necessarily teaching this. And I remember thinking, like, if they don't actually believe they're worth it, why would they tell a guy no? If they don't believe or understand how their bodies work, well, okay, sure. Or maybe I feel, I must feel more loving this week. No, that's called ovulation. It's a (laughs) biological process. Stop now. (laughs) Right? Like, why don't we teach that? You're going to feel more like it when you're ovulating. It's called design of life, right? You're going to feel like a failure completely if you got a C on a test before your period, but it's not the end of the world. It's because your hormones are shifting and that's normal. So zoom back out a little bit and realize it's okay. And that's harder for like, you know, junior high and high school and fluctuating a lot of hormones. But if we, if we actually taught this early and said, this is how your body works, this is science actually. (laughs) And however you use it later in life. Okay, fine. You don't have to teach all that stuff, every piece of it, but to not teach women 
from the start, how your body actually works is a travesty. That's why there's body negativity and period negativity, because we don't understand it. We don't understand something. It becomes like a mystery and it's challenging. And why is this hard? And I don't understand why this happens and what's even happening in my body. And why, you know, why do I feel horrible this week and awesome this week? And why are sports harder this week? And I nailed every shot I took (laughs) these weeks. And, but if you have no connection and then the biggest disconnect you just said, sex equals babies, but not every time. Mm -hmm. That's also a massive myth, which again, gives the other side of, of negativity to the whole thing, this fear of our fertility, right? You fear what you don't understand. So if you don't understand how your body works and you're really only fertile eh, roughly a week or so. I mean, if you have issues, it might extend a little longer and you got to, you know, can work with that, but you really at the, you know, roughly a week of real fertility, not that you go do whatever you want other times, <laughs> that's not the point of it, but that you, you understand how to work. And once you understand your fertility, I believe that is very tied to our self-worth. And then you can say, Hey, I understand how my body works. And I'm not really ready to use it for life. So, nope, thank you. If you loved me, you'd wait because I do understand how my body works and I don't need to shut it off to be loved by you. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, why do we as women, that is, that's the biggest beef I have with feminism. Why do we have to shut our systems off and to be like men? I don't want, men are awesome. I love my husband. <laughs> I love men, manly men, right? Like, who are ultimately respectful of women. Why don't we teach men a very basic version of how a woman's body works? That is where we see human dignity. Why don't we teach women your dress and your attitude and your words uh, greatly affect men? Understand your power. You have massive power. Your pheromones coming off (laughs) when you aren't on the pill are extremely, right? Men, all these pieces that if you just could help share all those pieces, I think women would just say, oh man, I am awesome. I don't have to change my actual body makeup and shut down a system to function in this world. Everything I can that you're saying, work yeah, with my body. It's just mm-hmm. making me think that just total disassociation that we have. Just even the point that you yeah. said of one week, I feel great. The next I feel terrible. Sports are going well. They're not yeah. going well. And how often mm-hmm. are we associating that? And then not to broad straight with mental health, but to think there's got to be something wrong. I must have something right. going on with my mental health that I'm fluctuating in emotions when it's like, okay, well, hold on. You know, there, <laughs> there's a possibility that that's a part of your story, but are you also identifying the different hormones and the hormonal fluctuations you're going through? Because maybe you have crazy surges of different hormones that actually need to be regulated, you know, and you know, because that fluctuation, that range is normal for, for women mm-hmm. to experience, but when it's feeling erratic or just right. totally volatile for you, it's like, that's actually a sign. There's something deeper going on with your body right. exactly. and, and just recognizing too, I think w- with what you were saying, you know, I'm thinking about the body positivity movement, mm-hmm. you know, and just how, when we're disassociated from our bodies and we're trying to shut down mm-hmm. certain parts of our bodies to be loved, you know, it's impacting body image. It's impacting how yes. we see ourselves, if we're beautiful or not. And you, you had mentioned, you know, the makeup of our bodies. And I'm thinking, man, it's even going to impact the, why you put on makeup, you know, mm-hmm. because if you're so disassociated yeah. from who you are and recognizing yeah. the, the power that you have, I love that you said like fertility is that superpower. Mm-hmm. You, you don't understand what's going on. You're disconnected from your body. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're just kind of living. It's like, you're just living in your body instead of really experiencing who am I and what do yes. I do? What do I have to offer? What's going yes. on? What, what's my worth? And mm-hmm. asking those deeper questions where you can get answers to them. Because I think that's yes. the most terrifying part when you ask those questions mm-hmm. and you're not really seeing answers, you know, mm-hmm. and you're wondering like, well, where, where should I go and what should I do? So it's easier yeah. to numb out because you're afraid that there's probably not going to be an answer for you. And that's just a lie. There, there are yes. answers and there are going to be answers for your health as much as for your mental health, for your emotional health. Right. And to see those pieces working together again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do you think as yeah. far as peaceful living relationships to our periods? You know, we, we're talking a little bit about this, how it impacts other aspects of our health, but mm-hmm. have you seen specific examples with women that you're, you're working with, or just in the research that you're doing where you're mm-hmm. seeing, uh, 
I guess a pretty direct correlation and saying, wow, women are super negative around their periods and their bodies. And this is coming out sideways in, you know, body Mm -hmm. image or in how they're responding Mm -hmm. in relationships with men. Um, And just in the examples, you were starting to give those, but just, I want to like pick at that a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. And really, um, I also love the book, The Fifth Vital Sign by Lisa Hendrickson Jack, um, because she gets at the heart of that is not only like, yes, emotionally, right? But physically, if if we are not having optimal hormones, that doesn't mean perfect by any means, they're just healthy hormonal functioning, right? Um, Ovulation is the fifth vital sign for women. So that means heart health, bone health, I mean, everything is connected to, do you have healthy hormones? All of it. Our whole womanhood health, right? Our whole women's healthcare is connected to, do we have healthy ovulation and healthy cycles? And when we don't, it's a canary in the coal mine because it's saying my body needs help. It's not, it's not in the right balance. And so it's giving us that first sign. And it's so fascinating. And I want to touch on the emotional thing too, but it is fascinating to watch women's cycles shift when they have stress when they actually are eating much healthier or exercising. Somebody does whole 30, right? That's pretty extreme, but it is astounding to watch the cycle be the gauge of, is this right for my body? Because there are people who, um, you know, different people on different sides of intermittent fasting, right? I think I'm not an expert in that by any means, but the, the fascinating thing is you see a woman trying to do intermittent, intermittent fasting and her cycle goes whack. Okay, that is not right for her in the way she's doing it, at least. Now, I've been doing it lately just for my own health, kind of figuring out what's causing my gut issues. And my cycle's now tightening up in a good way. Okay, so my body, actually, that is a good thing for me. My cycle is showing me these things are good and helpful to my body, right? It's giving us kind of like first-line diagnostics, right? It's like seeing, if I try this, how does my cycle react? Um, Now, none of that is like necessarily like if you travel, okay, your cycle can get messed up, but that's a temporary thing. Um, But then on the the emotional side of that, a mental emotional side, I mean, I know just for myself, how much PMS affected my husband and I, I was kind of crazy for like two weeks. Um, So I did ovulation and post, post, you know, we call it post peak phase, but the luteal phase. I would just be super irritable and I couldn't honestly control it. My hormones, you know, I I could to the best of my ability. Right. But I remember actually getting the hormonal or we figured out more of the hormonal balance. And I remember telling my husband, wow, I'm sorry. I see now, (laughs) see now how I was and how I am now. And he's like, I love you, honey. (laughs) But that made me feel so much more insecure in the hormonal problem areas. Right. It makes me, and then that would, affect our relationship because he was like, man, I, I see you're having a hard time, but you're kind of think, thinking some crazy things there. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do. I'll do, you know, do the best I can. <laughs> um, but how much do we, you know, you think in this is, you think about how it affects like the areas of our lives. Okay. If, um, how does it affect our kids and our families, how we talk to them and approach them? How does it affect our, of course, our intimacy we just talked about, if you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to want to be intimate with your husband as much, right? Because you're going to feel negative, like, well, I'm having a rough PMS. And, and even if you don't understand it, if you don't know why it's happening, per se, it's harder to connect with someone with your husband emotionally. Um, talk about friendships. You're going to feel like your friends don't like you. <laughs> but really, it's just where you are. They don't not like you. Maybe they're busy. Right? Our perception of things shifts so much when our either our hormones are out of whack and we need help, or we just feel like, you know, it, it just, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, we're so interconnected. We can't just say, oh, that's my period and it's annoying and I can't stand it and it's over there and I'm just going to stick it in a box because it affects everything. Um, how do you show up? in life when you feel like you're having a horrible period and then no one understands and I can't get any help if that's demoralizing mm-hmm. if you just have to deal with it right um 
So yeah, I mean, it affects, uh, oh, and, and then this has been the fascinating thing. I did not struggle with acne, like hormonal acne, but women who do, it is like scarring to your self-esteem. And I, I had a client recently who got on some um, bioidentical progesterone and you know, for the first time in her life, she's like, my skin is, it's clear. And she's a beautiful girl. I mean, she's, she's stunning. She knows how to use makeup to kind of cover up stuff when it's not, but it just, her self-esteem took touch hit. It was such frustration for her. And look at that hormonal balance, getting back to hormonal balance, her skin cleared up. The skin again was a sign. Something was off. Our bodies are trying to tell us things and we just have to learn how to listen. And understand instead of saying that's irritating how do i get rid of this well maybe let's look at those as signs just like the fifth vital sign what signs is your body giving you you know could be i need help or could be this is a normal process <laughs> that can we have patience in that and to learn from it versus just shaming or blaming or or trying to get rid of it or something you make such great points and I'm really you're getting me thinking about specifically with the body positivity movement and the mm-hmm. connection that needs to be made to period positivity with that movement, yes. because mm-hmm. I just see, you know, again, it's, it's a good movement, but it's, it's that disassociation again, just in everything that you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, we have these different movements, but this seems to be um, one that is really taken off and, and, and sticking, you know, and I think in the mm-hmm. same way that period positivity is growing and we're having more honest conversations about our bodies as women. But again, how do you, I don't know, how do you see that connecting or opportunities to connect those together? Maybe in, I guess in like a practical sense and just a, as a way for someone who's, you know, really on board with the body positivity movement or has seen such positive impact in her own life through that and through the language that comes from that. I mean, we can't forget our periods. We can't forget these other aspects of our health. Yep. Yeah, I think that's it's so important because we're we're so connected. And are you having bloating and um, weight gain because your hormones are off? <laughs> and are you having you know are you are you viewing yourself negatively because it's right for your period? Like that, it all comes into focus when we view it through the lens of our natural cycles. Mm-hmm. Like we have natural cycles that that has a possibility to bear life. If you shut that off because there's negative consequences that come with like the pill or anything else, you're, there's so much I mean mental, but physical, you're shutting down a system that is a natural system. Why don't we work with it and actually say, my body is awesome, even as I am working through my hormonal fluctuations mm-hmm. and my fertility is amazing. And I'm going to find help because I now see and understand that my body needs help. Right. And it's, it's knowing it's like twofold. It's, it's knowing I love my body and I see and acknowledge that it needs some help in getting back to optimal balance. And so I'm going to honor my body by finding that. Um, I I like that a lot. That's really great. Everything that you're saying is really great. I'm just like, keep going, Sarah. just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but even like you think about like all the exercise, right? And we all want to get, do exercise and build these amazing habits. And, but we've got to take into account, right? Megan Fowler with the Align Cycle is amazing with this and connecting our work to our cycles. And we have certain times that are more productive and certain times that are more, you know, we got to keep it close to the vest, right? And, and take that time to rest and recoup. And then, and don't shove, like try to force, again, we're kind of living a man's world. And yeah, it's not a bad thing, but the, we've got to take our own amazing, gentle, beautiful, strong power back and say, yep, we're not constant. That isn't the way we work, actually. We work in waves. And sometimes the waves are crazy. I mean, it will help like (laughs) making it a little calmer, but we work in natural waves and that's okay. And to, to then apply that to everything. Like, what about your exercise? Well, you're not going to feel like exercising a whole lot right before your period starts. It's just, that is natural, but to take a walk is outstanding for your period health because it keeps you moving. It pelvic floor health, right? All these things, getting yourself going and moving is a huge piece of not only your mental health, but keeping your, 
your whole, you know, you don't cramp as much when you're move, when you get movement in. So allowing ourselves that grace to understand we work in gentle waves. And if the waves get too sharp and rough, then to know who and where to get help, authentic help, to help bring our bodies back into balance. I really like that. It's making me think of, well, I did a couple of interviews around cycle syncing and then with yeah. the Align Cycle with Megan talking about, you know, basically syncing your cycle to your work too. And just mm-hmm. all these different aspects that you're talking about that are so helpful for us to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think especially what you said that we work more in waves as women and that mm-hmm. it's okay. We have yeah. this really weird competitive uh, mindset that is so wired into us that we have to be a constant, you know, especially mm-hmm. hormonally and just aggressive and keep going and fighting. And it's like, we're not doing ourselves any favors by fighting our body and by fighting right. our hormones. And there's nothing wrong in leaning into them. That doesn't make us weak. Yeah, it actually right. is going to help us be strong to optimize our work schedule, to optimize mm-hmm. our workouts, you know, and impacting our relationships and yes. how we, our relationship with ourselves. And I yes. think we don't realize that as women, especially when we're first learning I think with fertility awareness, especially when we don't have that grounding and that understanding, mm-hmm. if we have no knowledge of our cycles and our bodies, it, we just don't even, we don't even see these connection points. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I could, you know, with, even with workouts until a couple of years ago, I was like, wait, cycle syncing. What is that? As I started <laughs> working with mm-hmm. managing your fertility, I was like, that's a thing. You know, that wasn't <laughs> talked about in cross country. That wasn't right. talked about I mean, I wasn't a a big athlete, but I, I didn't see it blogged about. I didn't see it talked about in different, you know, fitness magazines or books. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. all around pushing yourself, lifting more and you can lift heavy. And it's like, okay, yeah, all those things are true. But Mm -hmm. what about working with my body in the way it works? But I, you know, I think with probably with so many being on birth control and, and at different Mm -hmm. points in time being on hormonal birth control specifically, Mm-hmm. Um, we're, how can you have a conversation around that? Because it's, right. you have synthetic hormones in your body and that's impacting yeah. how you're working and how you're operating. And right. I mean, you're trying, I mean, isn't ultimately like the goal with hormonal birth control. I mean, I know there are aspects to say, oh, it's supposed to help your health. It's supposed to help your period pain. It's supposed to do all these things, but really ultimately it's to shut you down mm-hmm. to make you more like a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that ultimately what it's doing? Because it just seems in the more and more I yeah. interview with people and talk with different people, it's, it's just like neutering who we are mm-hmm. and helping us to be exactly like men so we can rise to the top and be CEOs. Why should I have to turn off parts of my body that are functioning, even mm-hmm. if they have blips, even if it's unhealthy, even if mm-hmm. there are areas that need worked on, to be worked on, why should I turn off my body to be yes. a CEO? Why can't I have a period and be a CEO? Exactly. Exactly. And work with your cycles to be even more effective at yes. certain things than a man, right? And again, any woman could do anything is what, I mean, then you have to look at, is that where she is really called or is she forcing it because she's supposed to, or feels that she should blah, blah, right. Or all those things. Any woman could do anything, but are you called there? Because when you're called right. and designed to be in a certain place, you will thrive when you know this information. That's where our superpower comes from. You can be an amazing CEO and you don't have to be aggressive. I mean, Correct. I'm not one, so I don't, I'm not an expert, <laughs> but at the same time, like, but how many, there'd be a fascinating study, like how many CEOs and no offense to the women, but how many of them are on birth control? Because that's how they feel they have to roll. And maybe there aren't. And I think that's beautiful. If there's some who are naturally working with their cycles, that's awesome. That's a true superpower then because they found their calling and they've made it work. And I, I had an amazing professor in engineering school and she's, um, you know, she's like the Dean of engineering now. And she's an amazing mom and amazing, amazing professor and amazing Dean. And she just, but she worked in her genius. She loves what she does. She loves her family. She always made time for them. And so she made that work. And I always think of, you know, all these great examples of women who, um, you know, like Leah Dara, right? Or Scanning or January Donovan, all these women who are living their motherhood and, and their womanhood, whether or not you have children is, you know, you living your authentic womanhood because you understand at the core 
how amazing our fertility, our reproductive, our actual, that is a massive piece of our authentic womanhood. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said about um, calling and mm-hmm. then actually understanding how our bodies work and just having those live in harmony. Yeah. Because that's a huge point. It's just yes. like, why, you know, for some, I mean, it ties in, it ties in with our cycles and using hormonal birth mm-hmm. control and figuring out like, are you, are you choosing to be on hormonal contraception in part due to where you want to go and where you want to be in your career? And it, it begs mm-hmm. the question, well, can you do both? Are you meant to do both? Are you called? Right. And when I say both, I, I really mean, you know, are you called to be in the space that you feel mm-hmm. called to and work and that if that's a passion and if so, why not, like you're saying, lean into how you're created and maximize mm-hmm. your superpower with your fertility and your reproductive health instead of shutting it down. Because if you're trying to shut it down mm-hmm. to move forward in your career, there's something wrong here. You shouldn't right. be shutting off a part of who you are yes. to make progress. And I know there's layers there and yes, mm-hmm. we, I mean, we can have a whole separate episode on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just to start thinking about that, yeah. that's, that's where the work begins. Yes. You know, yes, of course there are, you know, courses and majors in, you know, feminist theory and talking about these different topics, but really I think mm-hmm. at the heart of just, just stopping and reflecting on like, why are you going on the path that you're on. I think you mentioned some really great resources with Lisa Canning and January Donovan, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're doing coaching with women there. You know, January has the women's school. Like if you are needing these spaces to continue growing and continue learning about yourself, do the Mm -hmm. work. It's so important. Mm-hmm. I know these are like the plugs I'm giving. They're not sponsoring us. There's, there's nothing <laughs> that way, but I just really love them. <laughs> and I yeah. think those, you know, just to actually have, well, I, I can link to everything that we're talking about in the show notes, you know, yeah. just to different resources to really help you start to hone in and, mm-hmm. and get at, you know, who, who am I? Who am I created to be? How does my body work? And how, you know, if there's healing that needs to be done with your body, with other areas of your life, like it's good to do that work. Yes. And it's connected, like you were saying, you know, throughout yes. this, you know, just how interconnected we are and that it's good that we're interconnected. It helps make yes. sense for yes. us, you know, in that daily living when you're like, why doesn't this work? It's like, wait a minute, hold on. Okay. Mm-hmm. There probably is an explanation for something and how good that is instead of feeling like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, no one even wants this. I'm just a hot mess, mm-hmm. you know, and how often yeah. we might tell ourselves that. Right. And that's a huge piece of you. You have to think about how do you, you know, I would have said prior to more of like all the work I did with the woman's school and I'm doing now my self-worth was okay. Right. I know I'm worth a lot in God's eyes and I I know I'm worthy of things, but my self image, and there's a distinction between the two, my self image was in the tank. (laughs) There's a way I viewed myself was very negative. I can't do this. Oh, I, I don't, well, that's all skills. And that's again, all of the stuff we're talking about too. These are mindset skills. These are all pieces of, we don't have to attach our self-worth to what we can or cannot do or what our bodies can or cannot do or what's happening. We are, we need to see and be aware of where do we need to break apart our self-worth from things that are just skills we need to learn. We don't have to feel inadequate because we're struggling with infertility. And leave me, I lived that. We don't have to feel inadequate because we have messed up cycles and these other girls are having no issues whatsoever. That's a medical issue. <laughs> like that's finding a doctor who can help you. That's not a self-worth issue. And that's what I found so, you said that so well, that those two are so intertwined that we, we need to understand at the core, we are amazingly designed and we were not designed to like need a piece taken out or, or to be feeling inadequate because something's not working right or we don't have those skills. There's always a place we can find a skill to work on. So if we're feeling inadequate, that's another big piece of this is if you're feeling inadequate, what skill are we missing? That's a big thing we, you know, I coach with with a women's school and help women strategize on. And then the other piece is if your body needs help, Find that authentic healthcare, right? Restorative reproductive medicine, natural technology, um, reaching out, finding a, you know, a fertility awareness instructor. There are 
we can have help for our bodies when things are off, when things are, when your mindset is just so down about whatever it is, there's always a solution somewhere. Doesn't mean it's not hard work or it may take time, right? There's all those pieces to it, but we don't have to feel inadequate because our periods are bad. We don't have to feel horrible about them. We need to know we can find help and women need to know that there is help. There's authentic healthcare that they can find and get help. And at the same time, they don't need to attach their worth to a cycle that doesn't work or the fact that they aren't getting pregnant when they're per se doing all the right things, right? It's, it's coming out of that and, and seeing that bigger picture of we are amazing and our authentic womanhood has so many aspects that are all intertwined and that is, it, it's our superpower. And, and it's okay and amazing to see it as such. Doesn't make us better than others. It just means we can live authentically as a woman in the design, beautiful design we are made. That's so good, Sarah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and just the practicals that you've thrown in there too. And just how, and you know, and talking about skills, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's something that we often you know, we don't know where to go next. It's like, okay, I want to make changes. Then what do I do? And I think pointing out, you know, it's there, there are answers, there is hope Mm -hmm. and it's figuring out, okay, what skills am I, you know, what skills do I need to build? What, what are the skills I'm missing that would really help me to step into my feminine genius, to love my body Mm -hmm. more. And I liked how you distinguish that with, with self-worth and self-image, because I don't, I mean, even for myself, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And I'm going through (laughs) I'm going through the woman's school right now. And it's just so, yeah. so many moments. It's like the, you know, the, the layers of an onion where you're just, mm-hmm. you're pulling back, you keep learning, you, you're rewiring and you're thinking, okay, I'm shifting my mindset on this. And you're uncovering things about yourself that it's so good to do. So mm-hmm. we're, we're coming to the end of this episode, yeah. but I have to ask you what's one recommendation you have for someone who's listening and thinking, wow, I really hate my period. Um, there are issues here that I have, or I'm struggling and I, I'm, I'm resonating with so much of what you're saying. How can I start to love my body and appreciate my period? How do I start the journey of integration? Yes. Oh, it's a great way to say it. <laughs> so a couple of things, but I think the one thing that I am doing in the next, um, month or so, I am putting together a challenge. I have to challenge all about this. How do we bring these things together? How do we have a peaceful period and a peaceful mindset around all of these things? Like everything we've been talking about. So definitely connect. Um, we'll have the links through the, through the show notes and then also my website, familywellnessinspired.com. So you can definitely connect with me. Follow, follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be talking a lot about this in the next um, couple months for sure and beyond. This is a passion of mine. So if you have questions, you can always message me through Instagram um, or connect me through my site. I've always opened to questions and, and really what's like, you have to think of what's the tiny next step. If you're having massive period issues, connect with me, connect, find, you know, we've, you've got all the resources, Bridget, <laughs> but find a restorative reproductive health doctor who can help you. If you've got debilitating periods, that is step one, find a doctor who can help you. you. We need to figure out the physical side first. Then it's connect with me. Look at the, like, be part of the challenge. This is how do we bring back our authentic womanhood and understand you can have a peaceful period. I'm going to be teaching different hacks, period hacks as well. Um, and then also bring all this mindset like back into this is authentic womanhood. We can have peaceful periods, peaceful life. And these are the pieces and how we can do that. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. And I'm really excited for your challenge coming up. This is going to be so great. Um, and just exactly, exactly what we need. So Mm -hmm. it's perfect. I think just talking about all this, it's like, okay, here are different resources and here's something super tangible and coming up that you can do as your easy next step. It's like that easy sign up because Mm -hmm. why not? I mean, in hearing all this, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm ready. Sign me up. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. So I'm really glad that you were able to join me today. I love talking with you. Your passion is so evident as you are sharing and just the passion that you have for helping women to really live whole and full lives and really on that journey of integration and figuring out, okay, where am I called to step into my feminine genius? How am I called to love those around me by first loving myself and, Mm -hmm. and 
recognizing what you say fertility is a gift and a superpower. Like we never hear that, you know, mm-hmm. it's very rare that we hear that in the fertility awareness spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hear that more and more, but really just to say it so, you know, loudly and clearly as a reminder for ourselves that, you know, I think that script mm-hmm. that we need to say every day to remember yes. that it is such a gift and it's so good. So mm-hmm. Sarah, thank you for being on. I'm going to be linking thank to you. Sarah's website and when her challenge is live, that link will be up there and everything else that we've discussed, I'll be sharing that in the show notes. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and grateful to talk with you today. Oh, thank you, Bridget. It was, a, it was amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you'd like to learn more about fertility awareness, visit www.managingyourfertility.com for more information, resources, guides, and so much more.